Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday. This is your weekend review. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is a show about quantumental investing. It's the combination of quantitative execution um, combined with a fundamental foundation. So what that means is we're using algorithms that we've designed to help us find the entry and exit points. That tells us when to put money in the market, when to take it out. And then we look at our whiteboard of our favorite researched ideas and look for confluence. And that's how we increase net worth. That's the information I share over time with you every day on the show. A um, little bit of a change to the lineup today. Let me tell you how we're going to do this. We're going to start with the Magnificent Seven Indexes, as we always do. We have algorithms on the big seven that drive our risk decision, drive our risk monitor, tell us when to commit capital, when to take it out. We're going to go over that. We're going to address the Trump curveball, okay? So, and how it affects our algorithms, where the stops are, and perhaps, you know, um, what could happen next week from a positive or a negative standpoint and how we're going to address it. So we're going to talk about those things. Then what we're going to do after we discuss precious metals in that, because that's all connected, we're going to do an armor chart check. Now, I've never done this before, but I'm going to start doing it because you guys have been asking me for it. So I get a lot of requests from um, uh, Armor Insiders who are my subscribers, right, to the Armor Report. You can subscribe right down here if you want, armorreport.com. And I get requests from the YouTube audience. I appreciate all these requests. So what I'm going to do every weekend is I'm just going to rifle through the top names that I've been asked about, okay, we're going to break it down into four easy steps of how I look at charts and determine if I want to buy them, okay? Where the buy stops are and where the sell stops are, all right? And then, of course, we'll get to Q&A so you guys can ask me questions as we go. Fill up the chat board. When we get to that Q&A section, I go to the top of it and I just start rifling through. Okay, so let's get to it. Don't forget, if you enjoy this conversation, give me a thumbs up. It helps me out. Again, you can subscribe right down here to this YouTube channel and also to the armorreport.com. When I say Armor Insiders, those are subscribers. You can subscribe to the Armor Report and go a little more in depth, right, all week long. We have an Armor Report Slack trading desk where we just share ideas as it's happening real time. Um, and so take a look if you have an interest in that right down there. All right. Um, before I launch into it, as always, a couple of thoughts for you. I am sharing information I've, um, I've created, right, over 30 years of doing this. So I'm sharing information on a top-day basis of stocks that we're involved in and market behavior. And I'm trying to share with you um, some of the lessons I've learned over the last three-plus decades, all right? I don't know you. I can't possibly tell you what to do. So when I go over these charts and chart chat, for instance, this is not a recommendation to buy something. You've got to do your own homework and determine your own risk tolerance 
to see if you want to own the stocks. That's up to you. But what I am going to share is how I break down a stock chart so I can decide if I want to own it. That's what Chart Chat's all about. All right. So let's jump in. Um, first thing I want to do is always is I like to start by sharing a chart of the S&P. Okay. So we have seven. Um, we're going to go over each one of these charts. We have seven algorithms specifically designed for the top seven indexes that drive all of our risk decisions in our portfolios. Capital I manage for myself personally and for individuals uh, with whom we, um, we work through our interactive brokers relationship. If you have an interest in that, you can always take a look at our website, armorreport.com and see. All right, look, so what we're seeing here is the S&P. And what I like to do is mark it up for you so you can see where the risk monitor turns green, yellow, and red. The risk monitor is a reflection of what our seven algorithms are telling us. So we're going to go through each chart real quick here. Risk monitor turns green on the 28th, okay? That's right here, this day. And following Armor Investing Way protocol, we have five days to put capital to work. Back here, each of those five days was a rally, and that told you it was a real strong entry point, and it led to a big run in the market, okay? This time around, you can see that the five days is going to end on Monday. The last day for us to put capital to work is Monday. There's been no advance, which is typically not a good sign, okay? But we don't make guesses on future direction here. All we do is read and react to what we're given we use buy stops and sell stops to take out the emotion of the process, and we just execute. So first thing to note, even after the selling on Friday, even after the Trump news and the selling on Friday, all seven armor algorithms are still long the indexes. So we have an armor index only portfolio that you can monitor at thearmorreport.com. That portfolio got 100% long on Monday and has not changed its allocation through Friday. None of the volatility during the week affected the algorithms. So we're still in, okay? We have also an Armour aggressive portfolio you can monitor and an Armour conservative. The aggressive reflects my own personal capital. Conservative, obviously. A little less volatility there is what we're trying to achieve. In those two portfolios, we reduced positions. I'll get to that in a minute. What I want to do is stay on topic, okay? Let's rifle through all seven. That's the S&P. It's sitting right on top of the 50-day. This is the Dow. Same chart pattern, same support at the 50, still holding the gap from the previous Friday, Okay. Typically, gaps close. We haven't seen a gap closure yet. Now we got the IBD 50. This is interesting. Risk on entry point, rallied up for four days, sold off on the Trump news. Still holding above the 50-day, actually holding above the 25-day. Let's look at the small cap index. Really strong day on Friday. Hard to believe. Positive notes. Positive notes, up almost every day from the risk on entry point. That brings me to the value index. Same strange pattern. Value had a strong day on Friday. Okay, this is the worst performing index, of course. It's not even above the 200-day moving average yet. 
but it is part of the Magnificent Seven, so we keep our eye on value. Here's the momentum index, closely resembles the NASDAQ, okay? So it had a nice run, gave almost all of it back on the Trump news, but staying above its 25-day moving average, not even close to the 50, all right? So you can see why the indexes really, you know, never had a reason to exit, even with the big down day on Friday. The risk on entry point is still legitimate and nothing's changed. So thoughts, magnificent seven indexes, algorithms, risk on everywhere, nothing's changed. This brings us to the Trump discussion. Our president now has the virus. This is not a political discussion. I stay away from politics here. Okay, this is about investing, protecting capital first, capturing upside second. That's what we talk about, okay? We should all wish the president well. Anybody who doesn't is a hypocrite, and you end up acting like the people you hate. So let's all try to tamp down that type of behavior, wish for health of our fellow human being, and move on and talk about stock investing. There are two different ways this can go in my mind. If Trump is out of the hospital, for those of you who don't know, he was admitted to Walter Reed. There's a lot of noise around that and a lot of partisan comments about that. I think it's totally normal. President's sick with a deadly virus. You put him at Walter Reed and you monitor him and take care of him as best you can. So I don't think it's a big deal. He went to Walter Reed. I think that's a smart thing to do. Everyone's trying to read tea leaves. Um, I'm going to keep this segment short, though, okay? There's a couple scenarios that are going to play out. The president has a speedy recovery. He's been given the drug from Gilead, remdesivir. He's been given the drug from um, Regeneron. If that results in a speedy recovery, if he's out of the hospital in three or four days, viral load down, president feeling better, okay? That will be wildly bullish for the stock market, okay? The probabilities he, get, he gets elected, my, this is my guess now, will go up significantly. He will hit the campaign trail telling everybody I told you so, right? I told you we were going to have a drug that cures it, right? We can get through this together. Let's all come together, right? We can make it. That's going to be bullish for the market. The market likes when Trump is doing well, okay? The other way it goes is that his situation gets worse and worse. None of the drugs work, and you can all figure out why that ends up, okay? Market won't like that. Now, the hard part about figuring out direction and reading tea leaves is that when you think something's going to happen in the stock market, usually the opposite happens. So, why would I say to you, I think the market will go down if Trump gets really sick and blah, blah, blah. It means that Democrats take the White House. The initial reaction in the market is to go down. And then what happens is all the stimulus talk opens up, right? So now it's going to be, if it was $2.2 trillion, it'll be $5.5 trillion. I mean, there'll be just massive amounts of spending and massive amounts of Fed support. So to, to conclude this segment of the show, why 
you can do whatever you want. Why, why do I not turn around and sell everything because Trump is sick? It's because we don't really understand. We don't really know how the market will react to it. If it creates a massive amount of spending and Fed support, the market will go down short term, maybe for a day, maybe for a couple hours, and then rip higher when agreements come out and massive spending comes out. Because at the end of the day, the market goes up and down based on liquidity. It's not valuations. Valuations are static analysis. You look at a P.E. ratio and you say, this is too high, I can't buy it, or this is too low, I should buy it. That is the wrong way to look at the market. I know they teach you that at university. I know they drum that into your head when you read you know, books about it. Okay, none of it's true. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm here to save you from that. What puts stocks up and down is liquidity. Okay? So you could get the worst piece of news in the world. If it equals massive liquidity creation to bail out the economy and the market, market goes higher. So before we jump to a conclusion of what has to happen if, you know, this happens to Trump or that happens to Trump, we have to just follow the liquidity and follow our stops and step away. So I do think that um, we ought to take a look here. This is a thought for you guys. The benefits here, the no-brainer idea is um, if – the president comes out of the hospital quickly and the viral load was reduced dramatically. We're going to want to look for an entry point into Regeneron and Gilead, right? I mean, look, these stocks are on their bottoms. Now, another way to play this is to really just buy IBB. That chart is starting to set up it's right on the 50 day. I'd like to own that. Two of the top 10 names, I think two of the top five names in IBB is Regeneron and Gilead. But maybe it's two of the top 10. I haven't checked recently. Okay? So should the president come out in a three or four day window, viral loads down, president's feeling better, biotechs are a group for us to focus on. And particularly Regeneron you know, and, and Gilead. I mean, these stocks are, you know, these stocks are down. So we got to take, um, we got we to, uh, I mean, Gilead pays like a 4% dividend yield. I'm not even sure what the risk is here. Although, of course, the risk is the president doesn't recover, right? The president doesn't recover. We have a problem. But the last time the Armour Report bought Gilead was right in here on the 27th of uh, January. And we made some good money, ended up exiting right around here. Okay. So those are two for the watch list. Now, I'm just going to share with you a bonus thought. Um, this is just real quick, almost non sequitur. So we have portfolios set up. We're long precious, um, excuse me, we're long 100% of our portfolio for the uh, index only. We've got about 50% cash in our armor aggressive portfolio and about 60, 65% cash for our conservative portfolios. So we are protecting capital, carrying cash, but still engaged because the algorithms tell us to. Now, the beauty of the algorithm index only portfolio is it doesn't care about any of this noise. It just executes, right? It's hundred percent long. 
the market skyrockets next week, keeps making money. If it hits stops, it goes back to cash. And it's like the most relaxing way to run money for me because I don't have to care about what the news headlines are, right? But the practicality of managing a lot of capital is that we try to manage the risk of what we're doing, okay? And so when we get an exogenous event like Trump, we have to say, okay, how much cash do we want to hold until this is resolved? I submit to you 100% cash is too much, but maybe 100% invest is too much for your risk tolerance. So you have to do it yourself. I can't tell you. I don't know your risk tolerance. You have to determine what feels comfortable. Hold that cash position until we get this very odd event resolved. I mean, there's no way to model this. There's no algorithm that can figure this out. There's a president that has a deadly virus. He's either going to be cured and we're going to have a rip in market or he won't be and the market's going to implode in the short term, right? Then there's probably going to be huge amounts of stimulus that recover the market, but what have you. So figure out what your risk tolerance is and act accordingly. Those are my thoughts, okay? But here's a way to hedge. I don't usually do this, but if I'm going to carry a lot of, a, of positions in a portfolio, this is a thought for you. So we all know VIX, okay? We all know, we all love VIX, okay? But I'm not going to talk about trading VIX or day trading VIX. I'm just going to tell you that when I went back and looked at an analysis of VIX, if you can look at it, you can eyeball this screen with me, okay? And you can just, you know, the statistics I'm about to give you are back of the envelope, but very relevant. And you can see it on the chart itself. When VIX gaps, so if you hold VIX overnight to hedge a portfolio, it's going to either gap up or gap down or open sideways, right? It might just be sideways. But if you do the analysis statistically, what you're going to find is the gap up days are significantly larger than any of the gap down days. I'm talking like a lot larger, four to five times larger. What I'm saying is this, from a statistical standpoint, my job is to put you on the right side of probabilities and statistics over and over again, okay? Because over time, that's how we build net worth. And I'm saying as a hedge, at times like this, when we don't know what's happening next, if you want to carry your equity exposure, as you should, because it's risk on right now, and it's a risk monitor green, but you want to reduce your risk, what is the harm in owning VIX overnight? It could gap down. It could. But what I'm saying is, statistically, the gap downs and the gap ups, the gap ups are so much larger than the gap downs. Like four to five times bigger. So if there's an issue that's negative, you're going to get a big gap up, which will protect your portfolio, which is gapping down. If there's a situation where... Trump's doing better come Monday, he's out, and the market's skyrocketing and VIX is gapping down, it's not going to gap down as much as it would gap up. And so statistically, you're on the right side of that ball if you use VIX overnight to protect your portfolio at certain times. I don't do it all the time, but for instance, going into this weekend, it was a no-brainer for me personally to put that trade on. 
If I need protection, it'll gap up a lot and protect me. If there's Trump's doing better, it'll gap down a little bit, but it won't kill me. That's a win-win. So that's something I'm doing, something for you to think about. All right. Um, I want to uh, jump real quick, jump real quick to um, GDX, GDXJ, all right? I'm just going to try to touch on this real fast. There's nothing about that chart pattern that attracts me. The first thing I'll be doing when it comes to buying back gold and silver stocks, which I want to do, by the way, I believe gold and silver should be a lot higher. But the first thing I want to do, we still own in our portfolio spot physical gold. Okay, that was never taken out of our portfolio from our entry point all the way back here at late March. Okay, we entered spot physical gold literally this day. Okay, and we've 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 um, ridden this whole thing all the way up. And instead of using the 50-day moving average, we're using the uptrend. So it's come down to the uptrend and it's holding the trend. So what we have done is we've sold our Sprott Physical Silver. We used the 50-day moving average as the stop. So we were taken out on this day after having an enormous run. Okay? We're looking to get back into it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time today going over the fundamentals of why it's doing what it's doing. And let's just focus on what the buy stops are and what the sell stops are. We're finally getting a tight formation. You guys can see this. I'm going to blow it up some more. Okay? right between the 100-day moving average and the 9-day moving average, okay? So for me, it's very clear. You want to buy stop into this asset if it breaks above the 9-day moving average. You could even say if it takes out the high of this bar, PSLV, that would be a high of 865, Okay, if it closes above that area, but the nine day moving average is around 852. So somewhere between 852 and 865, if we get a close in that at that level, close above that level, we're going to want to get long PSLV for the account. And the self stop is a no brainer to a 100 day moving average. If it takes out the low of this down bar, we would have to exit. And that's like somewhere around $8.23. Okay, now that equates to the silver future, SI around 2460 would be the breakout we're looking for on SI. So if we're watching futures and we see it pop above 2460, sometimes PSLV hasn't reacted yet. Okay, it's got a net asset value, it trades at discounts to it sometimes, and it doesn't react immediately. So there could be a really nice um, lead indicator if you're following silver futures. And so the price there is 2460 on silver futures. If it pops above that, I'm going to want to look at my PSLV. I might even start taking a position there. Okay. The same is true for gold. And we talked about gold and gold futures a while ago. If you guys remember this conversation, we said 1923, that price was, was support. Well, guess what? It crashed through that price. Now it becomes resistance. So we're watching bullion to see if the futures can get above 1923 again. If they do, then I start looking at precious metals mining companies. Okay? And so just to hit on, and by the way, 
if you don't own PHYS, you're looking for an entry, right? So it's the same type of scenario. In this case, it's the 50-day moving average. We'd like to see a breakout above and a close above the 50, you know, and we'll be back in business there. And it would coincide with a 1923 move in the GC contract, okay? The gold contract, GC. Okay? And so a couple of names on the leaderboard for us. We're going to look for stocks in the mining space that are already above their 50-day moving average. This is how you find leadership in an asset class that's going down. You look for the names that are leading. And so when that whole asset class turns, that's where you go first with investments. Agnico Eagle, above the 50-day moving average. This is a couple of examples. Mag Silver, above the 50-day moving average. Okay, there aren't a lot of stocks that are doing that. Newmont Mining is lagging, right? Old Corp is lagging. Okay. But anyway, I'll let you go through the list and order it for yourself. Watch those price points. Write them down. Gold futures, 1923. You need to see a break above it. Silver futures, 2460. You need to break above it. Okay. Then we get interesting. Now, let's go over to chart chat and then we'll wrap it up and I'll get to your questions. Um, I'm just going to rifle through my steps. There's four steps. I try to boil it down for you into how I do this. There's four steps I take when I buy a stock. So I'm just going to go through these names that a lot of you guys have been asking me about. And I'm going to show you how I look at them and how I order them. Yes, I want to own these. These I can't own. These are in the stratosphere and I'm using these stops. Okay, here we go. Armor chart chat. Let's start with Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay, so the first thing I do with a chart is I scrunch it all the way up so I can see the entire, and this goes back to 2017. You can go back even further if you want. Sometimes I use weekly charts. I know you guys ask me, do I use a weekly chart? You can, right? That shows you what's really going on, right? But it's just as good for me to see the whole daily. And so what I do is look for structure first on a, on a big picture level. So I'm going to do it for you as I go, right? So there's your downtrend. So obviously you blew out above the downtrend. Okay, so then what I do at step one is to look at the structure. Step two is I'm going to blow it up. And of course here you could also see, if you follow my, um, my mouse here, this right here is a cup and a handle, okay? So theoretically, you could have been buying the stock somewhere in here as it built this handle, okay? And the breakout would have been right here. And then you would have captured the earnings announcement blowout. Okay, so step two is the big picture structure. It's a downtrend that was broken. Step three, we look at the, the close-up candles. So can I own the stock here? <clears throat> the Armour Report investing way, the Armour investing way is to buy weakness in the midst of strength. Okay, so we don't buy gap ups. We don't chase blowouts. What we do is put them on our leaderboard now if we want to own them and wait for the next sell-off and we'll buy them. We'll buy them on weakness. So this type of name I would put onto a whiteboard if I liked it. Don't forget, these are stocks you've asked me about. These are not names that are on the armor whiteboard. I'm just sharing with you um, and answering questions you've asked me. So step one, big picture, the structure was a blowout earnings. It blew it out. Step two, obviously, this is nowhere near a buy point. It's nothing for us to do. Step three, I drill down into the 60-minute chart. 
and I look at a number of different indicators. I'm going to show you four indicators we use in all of our Armour algorithms. All right, I don't mind sharing it. This is the Commodity Channel Index. Now, if you were to pull this off the shelf, we use TradeStation software. If you were to pull this off the shelf, you're going to get different numbers because what we've done is taken off the shelf um, indicators and rewritten them to infuse a volatility component. And then we weave that into our algorithm. But I'm going to just share with you the, the four, um, really it's just three. We use stochastics. You all are familiar with stochastics. If you're not, do some research. Commodity channel index is the second one. And my favorite is the directional movement index, DMI. Okay. So if you want to see where was the right buy point for the stock, honestly, it's right here. What you're looking for is a cross. You can see the DMI goes green right here. The stochastic crosses at the same time. The commodity channel index is at the appropriate level. Everything goes positive at once. That was the day to buy Bed Bath & Beyond, and it was uh, September 10th. Okay? There's nothing to do now on the stock. So I go back to here, and I say the fourth step is what do I do now? If I owned it, I'm looking at a, buy, a, a sell. Where's my stop loss? It would be a low of the big gap up day. So if I owned it and it took out the low of the gap up day, I'd be gone. All right, now let's move on to the next one. Fiverr. Okay, first we look at structure. All right, so this is a new issue. All right, so now this comes into play. What we've got here is we see obviously the structure. The structure right here, you know, really is a breakout of the new issue right here. Okay, so the original point to own it is, is now, right here. And so nothing to do really now. My next step that I look for is a pullback. The first pullback to the 50-day moving average is what I usually like to buy. And as you can see, this stock has yet to do that. The blue line is the 50. That's how strong this uptrend is. You could argue, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, argue against this, okay, that the most recent entry point is somewhere probably right in here. Okay. You had a consolidation and a run that didn't quite get to the 50. And then of course it takes it out. That was the last entry point. Let's go drill down now into the, um, the 60 minute chart to see what was happening on that day. So here we go again. Right here, you can see the DMI turns green. That same day, we get a stochastic buy signal, and the same exact moment, the CCI index goes off. Okay? So there we go. There's your entry day. So what do I do now? If I owned it, I'm using a trail stop, probably the 25-day moving average. If this thing skyrockets and the moving averages start to separate, they fan out, then I begin using higher moving averages, 14-day and 9-day, okay? But for a chart that looks like this, I'd be using the 25-day as my final exit. All right, let's go on. Let's move on. GameStop. Okay, again, first thing we do, go back and look at the structure. So here's clearly the structure somewhere around here, that gap down, right? That gap down was the rectangle. 
gapped around down right here at rectangles. Now it's broken out. Step two, let's drill down and see where we're at right now. Well, right now, what is this, four? I think this is four standard deviations. We're, we're more than four standard deviations at one point above the 200-day moving average. So that's a target where we actually sell things. We don't buy them, right? So when GameStop originally hit it, you could have sold some here and it immediately sold off. Now it's skyrocketed through it again. We would be booking profits somewhere in this area again, okay? And the trailer in this case is going to be the 25-day. Notice how it came right down, held the 25-day, and skyrocketed again. So the way we trade this, if we owned it, is to book some profits at the four standard deviation line and trail stop at the 25-day. So we'd still own part of our original position. We'd book more of it here, and we'd still own part of our position. Okay. So let's drill down into 60 minutes. All right, again, going back here, when it originally broke out, you can see the, well, in this case, it never really set up right. No, nope, I would not have bought this right here, okay? So GameStop didn't really set up right the way I like to buy stocks. It just skyrocketed without me which happens sometimes, all right? The best entry point would have been here for us on this day, okay? But even that's a stretch. So sometimes we just miss things using the strategies we like to use. And that's okay. So if I owned it now, I'd have a trailed stop and maybe half of my trailed stop would be at the, uh, uh, um, the 14 day and half at the 25 day. All right, moving on. Let's look at Lululemon. Structure, massive uptrend. So now we're looking for some type of chart pattern that looks viable. And there's quite frankly, nothing here that looks viable to me. This is, you know, a stock that's broken. It's broken below the 50-day moving average. It's regained it. So really, this is just mirroring the NASDAQ 100. And of course, it's right on its most recent support line right there. Okay. So if you're looking for a market stock, there's the idea for you. This looks like a lot of NASDAQ 100 stocks. Let's take a look here at the 60-minute. The 60-minute right here is going to give us a risk on entry point somewhere right in here, okay? Either this day or the next, depending on how you want to play it. And so it's far away from that entry point now. So I wouldn't be adding the position at this price. Okay. And quite frankly, I would be using the stops on the whole market as a stop here. I mean, if this thing takes out the 50 day and goes back below this green line, which is somewhere around 324, you know, that's where I would be stopping it out. Peloton. Okay. Peloton, let's look at structure again. And I hope you guys are finding this helpful. I'm just trying to show you how I go about it. So over time, you get to understand the process. You're looking for these structures. You want to buy the a beginning, what we call the first stage base. That's what we're all really looking for. That's where all the real money is made. Chasing stocks on the second and third and fourth stage basis, you can make money for sure. 
but it gets more and more risky as you do it. Okay. And again, I'd be using the 25 day moving average on Peloton. Okay. Not a lot to see on Peloton, I don't think. The last, the last risk on buy points right here. That's going to be on the 27th of August. There's your entry point right there using the algorithm. And so you're just riding that 25 day at this point. Okay. A lot of guys are asking me about rocket. Okay. First of all, I don't do a lot of uh, buying of new issues. I need at least six months of data to make it worthwhile for me. So if I were to show you the uh, algorithm on the 60 minute chart, it wouldn't really mean anything to me if there's not enough data there. Okay. It certainly looks like the right setup. You, you, you rocketed off this price, came back down, found support. But don't forget, guys, new issues usually have lockup agreements within three to six months, more shares come on the market. And that's why usually within three to six months, you get weakness in new issues. So I generally avoid them. A lot of guys are asking me about Spartan Energy. Okay? I generally avoid blank check companies. All right, so we could talk about it, but I usually just avoid it, guys. Um, Ultra Beauty. Maybe we'll finish up on Ultra Beauty and I'll get to your questions. So here's the structure of Ultra Beauty. And I want to finish up here because the chart pattern is kind of interesting. All right. There is your structure. It's a downtrend that's being broken as we speak. Okay. You had a nice breakout right here, but now it's come right back down and consolidated. Okay, what you're looking for now is a move above. So I talk about buy stops and sell stops. One of the best ways to protect yourself from yourself is to use a buy stop instead of just buying it when you think it's right. So a buy stop means you find a price that if the asset goes above it, you want to own it, okay? What you're trying to do there, the armor investing way is to buy weakness in the midst of strength. So we look for a strong pattern on a bigger picture. Then we look for weakness in the shorter term. <clears throat> but then we want to buy strength. We want to see uh, momentum coming in before we step in and take it. We're trying not to catch falling knives and cut off fingers, Okay. So the buy stops are beautiful. I can't tell you how much money I've saved myself by stopping me from hitting the buy order and instead putting in a buy stop and saying, okay, the real price to pay for this thing is 40 cents higher. So I'm going to put a buy stop in and step away. I'm going to go grab a bite to eat. I come back from lunch, the stock's down another 2%. I was like, yeah, I didn't buy it. Okay. So I don't care if I pay up 40 cents. I'm just pulling that out of a hat, 40 cents, whatever the, the right price is. Instead of buying when you think you should, buy at the appropriate price. The market doesn't care what you think. You've got to find the right price. Price is a reflection of a war between buyers and sellers. So when you find the right price, when buyers win that war and take over and start running rampant, that's when you want to get long. Okay? So going back to this stock, and I'll get to your questions in a minute now, guys. Um, 
my guess is that buy stops should be probably at a new high from yesterday. So the high, um, it looks like the high here is somewhere at around 230.98. Okay, so let's call it 231 and change. If this thing takes out 231 and change, I'd want to get long the stock. And so I'd put a buy stop in. If it rolls over and breaks down, I don't want to own it. If it takes out that price, I'm going to want to own it. And I'm going to use the low of Friday as my stop. That's how I would set up a buy stop. And let's just go look right now at um, 60-minute indicators to see is there any signs of life. Because ideally, you want to buy when you get a risk-on buy signal on the algorithm and it hits your buy stop. Okay, so this is not exactly what we wanted. The real buy, uh, risk on buy signal day was right here, which is September 28th, okay? But for my money, what I combine, and when we use algorithms, what we do is we take the algorithmic entry point and we look at the correct price point, combine them, and that's how we get a buy carrot, right? So the buy stop is in there. So we got the risk on buy signal on the 20, what did I say, the 28th of September, we don't put money to work right there. The stock is below the 200-day moving average. It's not showing enough strength. But if it were to take out that buy stop within five days of the algo entry point, that's what we want to own. So that's my last thought for you. Ultra beauty, that's the price we'd pay if we were buying it. I'm not telling you this is on our whiteboard. So Armor Insiders, I'm not saying we're buying Ultra Beauty. I might. For today, I'm just sharing with you how I break down stocks. All right, let's get to the Q&A. Thanks for bearing with me on all that. Uh, I hope that was helpful, and I hope you enjoyed the Armor Chart Chat. If you do, let me know during the week what is interesting and important to you, and I'll look at all of the suggestions, and I'll pick the top five or ten. And every week, we're going to break down charts together. So over time, you'll be able to do it yourself. All right. Would you rather buy Kados or DraftKings on a pullback? Thanks. Hmm. All right, let's take a look. Whoops, that is not what I wanted to do. Here we go. All right, so KTOS is one of our favorite names. Armor Insiders know this. We added it here. We got stopped out of it right here. So I should really take this off the board now because we don't own it. Okay. We'll leave that for now. All right. So the chart pattern still looks good. Let's go through our four-step process. This is the structure. It looks like it should be owned. It got interrupted because the stock market imploded. But it held the 50-day moving average. I love that. All right. I, I would honestly tell you the buy stop on this is probably 20. You know, it takes out 20 again. You're going to want to own it. The high on this day was... Was it 1969? You know, you could be a little early. I mean, maybe I would take the high of this day. 1977, give it a five or 10 cent offset, maybe 1987. And I'd put a position on and I would use the stop of a low of um, October 2nd would be my stop. Let's drill down real quick into um, the Armour algorithm screen. 
And ooh, look at that, it's getting close, right? So what we wanna see on the DMI is for it to turn green in here. The stochastics have already given a green signal and the CCI is close. So that's a great idea right there. Well done, Festeroso. Festeroso, well done, okay? And if we look at these moving averages, really it's taken out the high of this day in here. So let's say 1978 to 1988, somewhere in there is the buy stop. All right, now if we look at DraftKings, there's just no entry point there, my friend. There's just no entry point. I, I, I've missed this, right? We had it. I let it go too quickly, right? And so now I have to wait for a pullback, and this isn't even close. So answer your question, I would be buying, you know, Kratos. Eres, now Trump doctors say president is fine today. Well, brilliant. I mean, the market will skyrocket if that's the case, Erez. You, you see what I'm saying? This is the scenario. If that news starts coming out that Regeneron and Gilead's products work and the president's doing well, he is going to campaign on that all the way to November 4th. Okay? So markets could rip higher next week. We have a risk on buy signal. Trump gets better next week. The buy signal's intact. We're going to go from 50% invested in our uh, aggressive portfolio to 100%. Okay? So we just, we did the prudent thing on Friday to protect capital because we just don't know which direction this is going to go. You know, and then we'll execute accordingly, particularly if the risk on algos, the risk monitor stays green. Okay? Um. Wish for the health of your fellow human beings. Yeah, yeah. Well, JYH, I'm, I'm glad that even though you're not going to vote for the man, you can understand that, and I appreciate you saying that. And I hope we can all think a little more that way, you know, regardless of our political leanings. All right. Um, Kurt. If you trade the VIX, what would you buy? VX, okay, I literally, I buy VXX. I use VXX, Kurt, to hedge my portfolio. You could do whatever you want. VXX is an ETF. It works for me. It, you know, it's a simple way to trade it. Um, I don't know if there's one thing that's the best. And I think you're not, um, in, if you're in different countries, you might, um, you might, I know like people in England can't buy ETFs in the U.S., so you'd have to use a different product. I don't know what it's like in your country, um, but you can use any of them. ID Doc, good morning, Brett. How are you, Mo? Will NK go back on the whiteboard? Ooh, let's take a look at NK. That's an interesting idea. Good, good gracious, look at that. All right, so here's the setup, and this is the structure. Mo, I'm glad you brought this up because we're going to have to put this back on the whiteboard. Let's pull it down a little bit because it's right on the 200-day, right? So now we take a closer-up view. We see it's getting real tight right on the 200-day, double bottom, right on top of its support. All right, and now let's go look at the algo. Now, I want to share with you real quick, guys. The algo works more effectively the more liquid the asset. That's why it didn't really show up correctly with GameStop, Okay. If something's smaller cap in nature and not as liquid, you might not get the setups that I've written an algorithm for. 
And that's because I like to trade and invest in more liquid, bigger cap stocks. So just word to the wise. It's easier to get statistically significant information on a stock if there's a lot of liquidity. The statistics, I've done a lot of studies about this. So for those of you who wonder, why do I trade? For instance, I day trade the S&P and I day trade the NASDAQ. And you say, well, why don't I day trade individual stocks? And it's like, I, I can't. But my day trade strategies work the best the mo in the most liquid assets. And so for Armour insiders who are in the Slack room all day watching me trade, you don't have to trade the S&P and the NASDAQ. You can trade your own asset. But what I submit to you is the information I'm providing you in the Slack room on a live basis is that if I get long the NASDAQ or the S&P, you go look at your favorite names if you're a day trader and you look to buy the ones that set up right, the individual stocks, because seven out of 10 stocks follow the market. So again, my job is to put you on the right side of probabilities. So if we're getting a high probability risk on entry point for the day in a big index, you can then go look at individual stocks and put your trades on. And I think over time, it will improve your success as a trader. So getting back to uh, NK, um, it's in the position to give us a risk on buy signal here. See, everything's negative right now, so there's nothing to do. What we're looking for, you know, my favorite is the DMI goes positive alongside the same day that stochastics, both fast and slow. So in our armor algorithm, and again, I'm just sharing four indicators. We have many that make up the algorithm, but these are four that I like to share. Um, we use a, two different types of stochastics and the commodity channel index. So it's all set up. So honestly, Mo, I think I would put like a, a buy stop on this thing, probably back above the recent high here. What's that? Um, 737, right? Maybe a buy stop at 730s, so maybe 740, 41, 42, uh, $0.42. If it hits it, we buy stop in and we use, obviously, the low of the day. We're buying it as our stop. Okay. Next idea. Um, what about, okay, let's take a look at this. PA, what is it? CB, don't know that one. So we go to the O'Neill chart for that. But something I don't know, I start there, 98 relative strength, totally blowing out. Integrated platform, which records single molecule events for genetic analysis. Pacific Biosciences. You know, I got to do some research on that. Interesting name. Don't know enough to give you any thoughts. But I'll tell you one thing that's disturbing is the CFO just resigned. <laughs> you don't usually want to see that. But he's the interim CFO, so maybe they're bringing in somebody better. And there's a new chief executive that came in uh, in September. Now, see, that's probably why the stock is running. There's a new CEO. So here's what I would do when it comes to, um, and this is kind of what I do from a fundamental standpoint. You throw me an idea I don't know. The first thing I do is look at the O'Neill chart, and I start looking for what's new about this company. It could be a new product, a new service, a new management team. And honestly, I think the first thing I do before I buy a stock, when I start doing fundamental research, I look at the management team. I'm looking for pedigree. Pacific Bioscience stock has skyrocketed since they, it looks like they announced their new CEO. 
my guess is the guy is pedigree. He must come from other, some other major genetics company, and now he's taken over the helm there. And that's why the stock is skyrocketing. So let's do some research on that. We'll get back to, I'll get back to you on another, another day on that. Um, Albert, how are you? Hi, Brett. What's your thought on um, Peloton? Thinking about shorting Peloton. Okay. Oh, I think, did I go over Peloton? I knew I wanted to. Um, but let's do it again. Yeah, we did. We went over this, but I'll, I'll just look at it again from the short side for you. Honestly speaking, I wouldn't touch the short side of the stock. You know, you're asking my personal opinion. All right. You're talking about one of the strongest relative strain stocks in the market. It's one of the most dangerous things you can do is short a stock in that's in, in the midst of a melt-up phase. Look at how the market cratered last, you know, on Friday, nothing. The stock went higher. The market was down right in here. The stock's going higher. The stock's not even going back to the 50-day moving average. So at the end of the day, Albert, I would say, you know, in the immortal words of my first client <laughs> over 30 years ago, the first individual I ever managed money for, God rest his soul, Herb Rosen. I loved him. And he used to say to me, Brett, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. And that's what he would say to you about Peloton right now. Okay? So um, we need structure to get short that asset, and we're not seeing it. How do you feel about silver? Luke, I love silver. I'm looking for the buy stop entry point. And I talked about that earlier, so I'm going to go on. If you missed it, you can watch the show again and, uh, and pick up the silver part of the conversation. But the buy stop on silver, I want to see SI go above 2460. And at that point, I want to start buying the bullion again, which to me is PSLV. I know to some of you that could be AGQ, right? And then we start looking at the mining stocks to see if they start waking up. Gold, GLD, with gold going over 1970 on Thursday, it turned bullish. Stimulus is potential uh, uh, a catalyst also, thoughts. Um, well, I would say that you say turned bullish. I'm not sure how you view that. As I said in the prior conversation about gold this, um, earlier, two things. Number one, we've, we have not been stopped out of our gold bullion position since late March. Okay, so armor portfolios are still long, and we use PHYS, the Sprott Physical Gold Fund. We don't use GLD. Um, so it's still in its uptrend, and, it's, and there's nothing wrong with gold right now. But 1907 is not the price for us. Could be for you. I respect that. But 1923 is the real price that I'm looking at for me to say, I think the bullish picture is starting to heat up again. Okay. Um, Phil, what are your thoughts on SU? SU, is that, um, is that um, up there in Calgary, the uh, Suncor? Yeah, it is. Phil, man, you know, I know you've been watching this show for a long time. You know, there's no way I buy a three relative strength stock. You know, can't do it. And I used to love Suncor. The CEO of that company a long time ago came to New York, sat down with him, became fast friends. We actually went to a Ranger Calgary game at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Had a great time. He's a great guy. Um, but that doesn't make me buy the stock. And the fact of the matter is, I don't, I'm not buying energy stocks at all. I've been avoiding them like, you know, I've been avoiding them for a while now, and I will continue. 
The armor investing way is to focus on strength. Okay. Um, I see what you're saying. The Saudis are investing. Buffett's investing. Shows signs of reversal on Friday. I just, none of that's enough for me to, to, to – it's opportunity cost of money, Phil. You know, theoretically, I put 5% of my portfolio into each stock. I can buy 20 stocks. I don't have room for an energy stock right now. I don't care what Buffett's doing. And don't forget, Buffett can sit on stocks for a decade before they make money. But you and I aren't billionaires, right? So it's more important that our capital – work hard for us now, not let's wait for forever when it finally comes back. You know, that's my thought there. Um, any thoughts on canopy growth buy at an acre increases their blueprint? Um, you know, the only thing that I would have to say about cannabis right now and the cannabis couch is that it looks like possibly the next stimulus package, we're going to get a safe banking um, uh, agreement. And that was just today. I read about that just this morning before I came on, um, that it looks like the safe, safe banking um, will be part of the next stimulus package. If it is, it's very bullish. It doesn't dramatically change the picture, but it definitely changes it for U.S. MSOs to, uh, to a certain extent. Canopy growth shows absolutely no signs of life, so I can't own the stock right now. But it is my favorite um, – it's my favorite – you know, cannabis stock to own, but just take a look here. Let's just be on the same page. But there's nothing about that chart that, that would tell you to own canopy growth. Just nothing. So I don't know. I might have a buy stop somewhere up here. I mean, it needs to, it needs to regain all of this area. I might buy the stock if it took out, you know, 17. But this is just a falling knife with no signs of life right now. And it really pains me to say that, Phil, because I, I love it and I want to own it. My understanding, if you purchase the fixed shares of acreage, all right, I'm not going to go through that today, Phil. I, I'm not a buyer of that stock. I'm not a buyer of acreage. Kevin, oh, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I'm glad you enjoyed chart chat. You know, I kind of did it with you in mind because you're the type of guy who I think, you know, is with me on a lot of these things. So you can see how I start thinking. And, you know, I know you're working hard to figure out how to break down charts. And so that four-step process, I hope, will help a bit. Oh, great. Okay, JYH, you like the chart chat. All right, we're going to keep doing it. All right, how do you determine those right buy stops and be sure about it? Oh, yeah. Saber, that is the big question. And um, that's just um, – all right, let me, let me give you one example. I can't possibly – that's 30 years of experience and looking at chart patterns. So over time, as we do these chart chats, you're going to learn. Okay. But let's take a look at a couple of my favorites and um, let's take a look at Pinterest. Okay. So how do I determine what a buy stop would be on Pinterest? So obviously, first of all, we, we like Pinterest in here. This is this beautiful chart pattern. Okay. Pennant on top of a major breakout. This is our number one armor uh, investing idea, okay? So if I was looking to buy this pennant, all right, and let's say the stock was in here, I would use the high of this bar on the 16th as my buy stop. If it takes out the high, I get long. So on this day, 
the 22nd, it takes out that high, I'm long. Okay? So what I do is I look at structure. I look at a previous high. And I look at that price plus an offset of 5 or $0.10, cents depending on the asset. Let's look at another stock with the same type of chart pattern, Roku. Okay? What do these patterns have in common? They're clearing bases. They're stage one bases. So where would I buy Roku? Okay? You would buy stop. Again, if this is the high right here on the 16th, you would have a buy stop right above it. It goes down. Then it, on this big up day, you'd be buying when it took, took out the high of the 16th. This is just a ballpark idea how to do it. Okay? Back here, you know, I'm not a buyer. Uh, I wouldn't be a buyer up here because it's already extended. So my buy point back here would have been, see these tops right here? So what's that price? Looks like uh, 151 and change. So I would have put a buy stop in a little bit above this consolidation here. So on this big up day, it would trigger that buy stop. Bang, and I get long. Okay, so those are two chart patterns. What's similar? Pinterest and Roku, stage one basis. Now I'm going to give you a couple other ideas. Here's Datadog. We haven't talked about it, but where's the buy stop on Datadog? And what's the similarity? You have the stage one base down here. It runs. Now we have stage two base. The first pullback to the 50-day moving average, one of my favorite uh, uh, chart patterns to buy. Okay? So right in here, you'd put, really, you could have bought this day right here. The buy stop would have been right above the high of the 16th. And it would have been triggered, whoops, would have been triggered on the 22nd. And it never took out your stop, which would have been the 50-day moving average, and you would have been long this asset. And how about Etsy, E-T-S-Y? Here's another idea. Okay, here's your stage one base. Boom, it blows out. So what you're looking for is the first pullback to the 50-day moving average, which we got here. And then you start waiting you draw your downtrend line, okay? And so your buy stop is going to be right above the downtrend line. In this case, it would have been that day right there. And if you miss that day, what you do then is you buy it on this day when it takes out this high of the consolidation, which is the 29th. Takes out the high, you get buy stopped into it. Bang, you're in. Okay? So those are just a couple of thoughts for you. And over time, you'll learn how to do this yourself. Any thoughts on e, uh, V? Okay, so this is one of my favorite names, um, Quail Hollow. V-E-E-V. -E -E All right, I mean, look, this is the first pullback to the 50 after um, a run-up from the first stage base. This is the first stage base. We bought it here. We haven't sold it yet. It keeps holding the 50. We stay with it. My thought is if it decidedly closes a below the 50 and really takes out this prior low here, which is the 24th, the low there is 262.51, that would be the sell stop. The 50-day moving average is 265.40. You could always use that depending on how aggressive you want to be. I'll probably use this right here, 262.51. And I'm doing that because I have a huge long-term gain. I mean, not long-term gain, but we bought it way back here. So um, I'm giving it as much room as I can before I cut it out. You could also look at the structure this way. And this is all, guys, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
You can sell at the 50-day moving average, or you can sell when it takes out this low here. This is 255.63. Because you could say this is just a consolidation pattern, and it can bounce around in here. And as long as it doesn't take out that low, it's really still in an uptrend. So, and, and by the way, I mean, I hate to make it too difficult here, Quail Hollow, but you, you, could, you could use a combination of stops. Sell a third if it closes below the 50. Sell a third if it closes below, you know, uh, the low of, um, what was that, um, uh, uh, September 17th, and sell the rest if it closes below the, the low of um, September 4th, third, third, third. That way, if one stop gets triggered and the whole thing reverses and skyrockets, you still have a piece on. And if each stop gets triggered, your average exit is at a higher price. All right, let's keep going. All right, what am I basing the buy stop on? Didn't quite get it. Your old buddy Mark went undercover. Festeroso, that's who, that's Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark. Nice to see you. Um, okay. Is, is to it, um, I can't spend a whole, um, we don't have much time left. So what I'll do is an education video on how to set up a buy stop. How does that sound? Maybe we'll do it Wednesday at 4.30. Education video, how to set up a buy stop. Done. Let's move on. Tech Monkey, hey, I was worried about you. Where are you? <laughs> Any thoughts on TAP? Okay. Um, ugh, that chart doesn't look too good. Being a play on cannabis CBD. It's an also ran. If you really want to play on cannabis and CBD, I think you have to first try to make money in Constellation brands. So how do we look at charts? We go back. And we look first at the structure. We see a massive downtrend. We're not even close to breaking that downtrend line. Not even close. All right. So relative strength terrible. STZ is closer. Constellation brands connected to Canopy. So if we can't make money in Constellation, we're never going to make money in, in, in TAP is the way I think about it. And so if, if we could buy stop in this, uh, um, here's, an, here's an idea. You might want to buy stop on Constellation brands above the high of that bar, which is 191, all right? If that thing breaks above 191, we might be in business. Let's go take a look at the algorithm, 60-minute chart. Yeah, okay. So Constellation gives us a risk-on entry point right on this day right here, and it came right back to that price, and it's holding the gap. Okay, so if it closes above the high of this volume down bar, you could buy stop into it. And maybe is to it. That's a, an example of how I would use a buy stop. We got a risk on buy point. We didn't buy that day. Stock went up, came down. Okay, now we know that this is the resistance, big volume down day. If it takes out the high of that bar, then that's a way to buy stop in. And it proves that this original entry point is legitimate. Okay. All right. A um, few more questions and then we got to really wrap it up. What do I think of lithium stocks? I think they're a hot potato. I think that they're all skyrocketing because of what um, Tesla's talking about. 
and I can't chase them right now. But I could do some research on it, and if we get weakness after this initial pop, then we could look at it. What are your thoughts on uranium? No thoughts on uranium. I think I missed some of the messages after Suncor. I did? I'll go back and look. Looks like one from Ken, uh, uh, Kevin. Does the entry point in PMs need to be within five days of the risk on green window in order to buy, or is it a different animal? Oh, brilliant. Great question. Great question. Um, oh, I did miss a couple. Thanks for that. All right. Let me get to those questions and then we'll wrap it up. Kevin, great question. Um, GDX, gold and silver has nothing to do with the risk monitor being green on the big indexes. Okay, the risk monitor has to do with the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the small cap, the momentum, the value, and the IBD 50, none of which have anything to do with gold and silver mining companies. So that 30% cash you have earmarked, we're waiting. Step one is to see the bullion take out those prices, okay? Typically, the mining stocks go up before the metal. So the mining stocks are really underperforming. So just because we love the space doesn't mean we should own it. So what I'm looking for next week is the bullion to take out 1923.50 on gold, 24.60 on silver, and close up there. First step will be to add silver bullion back to the portfolio. Then we go look at the mining stocks and start to see what's working and should we put money to work. And we look at GDX, GDXJ, and I will do that for you, as you know, live in the Slack trading room all day, okay? So as it's happening, you and I will be talking about it. I'll do videos about it exclusively for Armour Insiders so that we're, we're on this thing when it happens, okay? Um, is to it, how do you decide which moving average to use? Um, again, you're asking me great questions, um, and I would say it's just 30 years of experience. So as we work together and you watch these videos, and I do that buy stop video, you know, on Wednesday, um, you'll learn over time. You know, that's part of why I started this YouTube channel and the armorreport.com in particular. It was to share my knowledge with you so you can learn to do it yourself, right? It's the old give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him to fish, he eats for a lifetime. I'm trying to, to teach you how to fish, but it does take some time. So when it comes to moving averages to use, it's based on how fast they fan out. So let's take a look at charts real quick here and I'll show you what I mean. If you're looking at STZ, they're all so close together, 25, 50, 200, that a stop right now would be a 200-day moving average because they're all so close together. Now let's go look at um, um, trying to think of something that's really skyrocketed. Um, let's look at DraftKings. I don't know if it's up enough. Yeah, okay. Look at DraftKings. So now the 200, the 50, the 25 are starting to fan out. Even the 14 is getting farther away from the 25. So when you get this fanning out approach, obviously it makes no sense to use the 200 day as the stop, okay? 
it makes less sense to use the 50 day as the stop because that's way too far down. You're going to lose too much money. So now it starts to make sense. Okay, I can use the 25 day, but look at how the stock held the 14 day. So now I'm going to start using the 14 day. It's really about preference and the type of trader you want to be. If you're a long-term holder, you use a more lenient stop and you're willing to give up more of your gains. If you're a swing trader, you're using a faster moving average so that you don't give up the gains and you book your profits faster. Okay. Um, Saber, how do you decide which moving average to you? That you just asked that question. Oh, you both asked that question. Okay, great. I answered it. <laughs> Greetings, Brett. Thank you for the tips and charming. I've got some GDX and PTO calls December. I'm in the red by 50%. What would your strategy be of my position? Jeez, man, I don't know how to help you with that. You're in the red 50%. Um, I can't help you with that one. I've got GDX calls. December. I, you know, I guess I, it's got nothing to do with technical analysis now and everything to do with long-term direction of the metals, which we think should be a lot higher between now and December. That's my only, the only way I can help you with that one. All right, guys. Um, that's it for today. I appreciate your time with me. I look forward to talking to you guys again on Wednesday, and we're going to do a buy, stop, and sell, stop video educationally about how to set them up. And what we'll do is we'll do like a chart chat. We'll go over charts, and I'll show you how I do it. And I think seeing that will, will help crystallize in your mind how to do it on your own. Okay? Have a great weekend, guys.